All right. Welcome back, guys, for another wonderful episode of Triggered. Once again, we are bringing the coolest guests on besides, you know, me and Zach were, of course, the awesomeness. But no, uh, thank you so much again, Chris, for coming on. Um, This guy, if you guys have been following our podcast, he has been on a couple times now and amazing, amazing uh, follower of us and likewise for him. I'm not going to blow his shit up because he can do it himself. I mean, he accolades to you, Chris. Thank you so much, brother, for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Um, appreciate you guys thinking of me on this one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, we're going to be talking about something that's near and dear, not only to vets, but just people in general. Um, just music, I mean, and how it touches us and stuff like that. But, you know, if you want, Zach, just tell them about the story that we were talking about just a few minutes ago off air of, of how we came up with this topic in this episode. Yeah, so the other day, Tony, I can't remember what Tony texted me. Um, or what we were talking about, but like he put up something and I came back with a rage against machine, you know, verse and it, it kind of just fell into place from there. I mean, we were, you know, like Amber from 311, you know, the song and, you know, it just kind of, I, I, I grew up on that stuff, you know, 311, I, I love 311, you know, um, and just Rage Against the Machine, Corn, um, Slipknot. It just, those are the ones that I grew up on. Um, I mean, you got, you got all the other ones too, but I mean, those just stand out because those are what I listened to repeatedly. Um, I knew every song on every CD from 311. I can't remember them now, but you know, once you hear them, you, they come back to you right away, real quick too. It's like, um, I'm away home from work today. I just decided to put Limp Biscuit on, you know, the car radio. Nice. And like, <laughs> it just, you know, Nookie. You, you, you always, you know, the intro to Nookie, and it's, it, yep. it'll, it'll never go away. You, you know, you sit there, start bobbing your head. You're at a red light, you know, looking at somebody. Then all of a sudden, it just breaks out. And you just start singing word for word everything. It's, it's crazy how how it does that. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, Chris, were some of your uh, when you were a kid, and I say kid, I mean like the teenage years when you actually understood music and what it actually meant to you, your feelings. What are some of the huge bands you listened to? Uh, so my dad was a hardcore, old school metalhead. Nice. Um, so I had Def Leppard and like Guns N' Roses and stuff like that. And um, you know, I grew up with neighborhood that had New Kids on the Block. To be mm. honest with you, so yep. we had. We had the right stuff all the time, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and so um, it was basically just anything. Uh, I anything I could find, like Bobby, like new di- new edition, Bobby Brown. Um, I love I love different types of music. I love diff- I love different things that could mm-hmm. just touch something. Like there's there oh there's certain songs like there's some albums I don't like, but I like a certain song on that album. Um, my go-to angry song, I have to say, is Limp Biscuit Break stuff. Oh, you cannot classic. You cannot like be not angry with that song. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Know, it's, cla- it's a classic uh, thing. But there's um, yeah, there's not many bands like. I wasn't really big into the grunge at first. Mm-hmm. Um, took me a while to appreciate that. But like Alice Cooper. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite Alice Cooper albums is one of my dad's. It's Poison, which a lot of people don't like. 
I don't know if you know that album. I um, yes, I, I do. do. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a good album. Ooh, I think it was underrated. Album. Yeah, it's very. And some people don't like it because it's like his softer one. But uh, yeah, it's and another fun fact for you, uh, Zach. Um, you're a huge 311 fan. Have you heard about the story? Uh, probably like 15 years ago, with 311 and the lead singer of Creed, Scott Scrap. No, I didn't. Oh, so there was a Thanksgiving. They ended up driving. 311 was doing a Thanksgiving thing at a hotel. There's tour buses bus outside. Scott was completely wasted. Absolutely wasted. Tried crashes there Thanksgiving. Says something to one of the man, band members' wives. They all beat the crap on her. Good. And then he had to do TV. He had to do TV the next day. You could see the cake on stuff. And then he finally did like a handwritten apology to them, like probably like two or three years ago, when he finally got sober. Wow. Well, yeah. So there you go. They're badasses too, not just chill. Yeah. They actually speak. They actually speak from their lyric. They actually follow through. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy too. Like some people, you know, nowadays you understand what the music is trying to put out, what the music is trying to tell you. Back in the day, most people didn't really understand it. Mm -hmm. um, I saw the one TikTok uh, last night. Actually, I can't remember. I was trying to find it. I can't remember it, but it was, um, and it's kind of all music, but. It was it was about drugs, but you didn't really you didn't really get it until you're you know in your 30s, mm. you know, and then, then you finally understand. Oh, hey, this is what they're talking about. A hotel um, California. Ooh, what's that? Go one. California. You talking about that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's crazy. I was watching uh, last year. I saw a episode of Ghost Adventures. Mm. Um, they were doing a haunted uh, music uh, venue hangout spot um, where a lot of people performed. It was it was like a secret um, secret club, you know, that nobody talked about on the outside. Um, like Chris Cornell was there, mm -hmm. um, Allison Chains was there. You know, they everybody had their name on the wall. It was either, you know penciled in scratched in with a knife mm. but it was it was kind of cool to see how many people went through that venue and how they got their start the doors got their start through there mm. um, uh, uh, Chris Cornell um, every a lot of people got their start through there and it's yeah it was secret nobody knew about it nobody knew what went on in that place um, I guess somebody got pushed down the stairs. Um, really? Yeah. When you in the back there, you walk through the back, and then to your left there's a bathroom, and then on the same side on the left there is a way to get down to the basement. Well, the stairs were like Tony. You remember your old apartment? Oh How God! They were? But they were thinner. Yep, like the old uh, subway. Um, not subway. Yeah. I'm sorry. Submarine stairs and the ships submarine and stuff. Stairs. Yeah. You could barely fit one person on it. And I guess mm -hmm. that person, you know, never really got to leave the place. So he just stayed there because they didn't find him for like three days. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's probably too because like on that kind of situation, it was probably he was so drug induced 
that obviously he tripped and fell because a normal person would but being so i mean back then it was like every i mean it's still very prominent i'm not saying it's not but like back in the like 70s 80s especially the early 90s it was that transition of drugs where it was from your cocaine and all that shit where they started mixing a lot of shit and ended up you know ecstasy came out them mdma um a lot of other wild shit was coming out where all of a sudden you're trying to go down these stairs per se and you're literally thinking you're flying i mean i remember watching the doors on mtv some of their older videos when when jim morrison was high on peyote you know and that's an old school i mean that goes back to wait and he literally thought he was flying and he was doing the whole bird you know and it was again he was very attached to native american side but it was one of those things where like them motherfuckers were crazy man you know and that you know something like that like the studio 54 popularity inside a almost a a pathway a a uh earning your stripes type venue you know house of blues and all these other huger places that the apollo things like that that every artist almost has to go through um the grand old opry you know for country these are these certain ones you have to go through to really like make it but something like that would be awesome to see like an old school like underground type shit you know that's wild um i know myself i was huge into like the new metal and the emo metal i would call it um of like the late 90s early 2000s obviously corn limp biscuit i think limp biscuit everyone so back in school it was like okay to listen to him but like you weren't cool cool you know because everyone wore a white shirt and a red hat but like they were underrated as well one of my favorite songs by limp biscuit besides break stuff and nookie because those were like great classics was faith i like the original version by george michaels i'm pretty sure that was his name correctly uh was faith but their version of it had more emotion to it and there's a whole lot of other people who have covered that song but i think limp biscuit did the best performance of it the best cover of it um they do behind blue eyes really good too behind blue eyes was phenomenal yeah, um, I, I like their version of it too. Yes, I felt when they came, I want to say it was their fourth album or fifth album, when they started getting into more of the acoustic stuff, like when they brought Stained on and they really, you know, uh, what's the song that they do with Stained, uh, Fred does with Aaron on stage? Outside? Uh, no, it's not outside. Um, but I'm on the outside. And I'm, I'm looking, that one. That song alone, just the lyrics alone, yeah. Ivan, is like some real, like, real shit that you know when you're addicted or whatever. I got, I gotta, I'll write that check out. <laughs> but like those are those songs, like you said, Zach, that you don't realize what they actually mean and how much they mean to people until you get older and you're like, oh shit, that was some real shit. Like he yeah. was, like, on the inside, I'm ugly. You know, and things like, like, you think about it and you're like, oh yeah, it's cool, it's a good beat, whatever. But like, then you start thinking like when you get older and you can really resonate with these songs and you're like, damn. Like that, that was some crazy shit back then. Uh, but I always liked the new metal stuff. Corn, Limp Bizkit, Orgy. Uh, I liked a lot of Linkin Park when they first came out. I'll, I'll, again, a lot of the um, darker, deeper, Blue October, um, stuff like that. That was more of the deeper meaning 
And then I started getting in more of the, uh, I call it the emo screamo side, but the use Hawthorne Heights, um, yellow card, things like that story of the year, things like that. That's when I kind of really came out of my shell with that kind of music. Um, but again, I love all music, but I really like to resonate. Like when I listen to music, I want to feel fulfilled. It's like eating a meal. I want to feel filled after listening to an album. I want to hear a story and feel a lot of the new stuff I feel is just kind of fluffy. Like anyone can have a cookie or some snacks, but some of the new stuff is just too, the the radio stuff I should say is too fluffy to me. You know, what do you think about that? Zach, do you, would you agree or just like a lot of the new stuff you hear on the radio, even though it's still decent, it's not, it's not like it used to be. It doesn't have that substance to it. It it doesn't, doesn't hit home every every song every every cd that i had you know it you could relate to it um i know there's songs out there now you can relate to um but they're some of them are annoying um for example uh jelly roll um you know save me i Mm -hmm. I mean i i love the dude don't get me wrong i think he's great but it's just like it has that certain yeah don't get me wrong it's great i I, i've listened to it plenty of times but after a while you know it kind of just all right enough's enough um Mm -hmm. you know we we understood it you know the first two verses but um but like back in the day like um you know uh Oh, who am I thinking of? Uh, one scotch, one bourbon, one beer. One beer. George uh, Thoroughgood. Thoroughgood. Yes. Yep. You know, you could... There are people out there that are actually like that. Oh, yeah. You know, you change the locks on the doors. You know, it's... Yep. Running from the rent and... Yeah. Yeah. Like, John from the shop, he passed away a couple weeks ago. But, yeah. But, um, you know... Van Morrison from the Doors. Oh yeah, you know, and um, just George Thorgood, and he was telling me stories, you know, of they would just walk around high and drunk all day long. You know, Van Morrison, he he wasn't able to perform at a concert because he was so drunk mm. on stage that he fucking just passed out right on the stage. Yep, like he, he couldn't perform at all, and and he said that's how it was too when he went to um, Woodstock mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, you know, he his buddy there, uh, Morris, didn't know how he got back to his car. Like he, they, they would literally park eight to ten miles away and walk, and then you're just doing dope and fucking everything for a week straight there was no you come out you take a left you walk down the road and all of a sudden you're at your fucking car like how the hell did i get here Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's like it's like back in the day yeah i would say we've all to the bar and drink you know yeah we've all had those minutes but see the truck parked half sideways and you're like oh shit what the fuck did i do checking your phone i'm I'm into the the old stuff a lot you know yeah at the shop, I'll throw on, you know, classical music and, you know, I'll just 
listen to it all day long for eight hours straight mm-hmm. and it's just you know and i know those songs too it's it's crazy you know you can go from classical to you know hard rock to you know some rap music and you know tony listens to a lot of the um the nordic mm-hmm. and you know which i'll put a smile on his face too you know i i listen to that quite a bit also now yeah. um so it's it, you know it has some good good beat to it yeah i mean chris now let's uh, let me ask you this um you know obviously i me and zach know your your past with your music some of these huge bands you've you've got networks with um you know let me fluff your wings a little can you tell us a little bit about that i mean because you know proof, proof is in the pudding brother <laughs> <laughs> proof um, is in the pudding it can't have um, any meat without your pudding so yeah <laughs> um i just don't i hate talking about myself that's, that's, i know i know that's why i'm bringing chris, it out chris am i allowed to show one photo no <laughs> I was waiting for that one. He's got nobody's face in it. No, you can show Tony. No, 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 no. I'm just yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's basically it. You know, I'll just show that photo. That's all. all. Right. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I, I started off playing like my dad was in the music stuff, working in clubs and stuff, and he has a lot of big big influence on me and um i started playing guitar me and my brother started a band we we're pretty good had a record label look at us for a pretty good time and then uh after that we uh decided to i decided i couldn't do the band thing it was just too much so i decided mm-hmm. to, to open up a production company and uh book and manage bands for the local scene here in massachusetts and northern new england and um it was fun. It was a good time, and I ended up networking with uh, a lot of bigger acts. And me being younger, I was always trying to be hungrier and hungrier and hungrier um, to try to get bigger and bigger and bigger, make my company bigger, make my brand bigger. And I was very fortunate enough to get the, uh, the eye of uh, the number one New England that's not Live Nation promoter who does a huge festival called Loca Bazooka um, here. And uh, I, I was able to intern under him for like probably eight or nine years. Um, that's he, awesome. You know, he, he took care of me. That's how I met like the guys from Shine Down and worked with them. I worked with um, Dropkick Murphys. I worked with. Um, I'm looking at all my my set list stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just read those over. Odd <laughs> Smack, Brett Michaels, the uh, yeah. Tons of, just basically like tons of bands. All the big heavy hitters, pretty much in the scene of Northeast. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it's it's been it's been a good ride, you know. And uh, I decided then I started working on radio and working events and doing other stuff, and then became friendlies with some of these guys and um, by work, just by my work ethic. Because and it, it's been it's been an awesome ride, and um, it, it's a definitely. It, for my life was I always had a day job my whole time. Mm-hmm. In my life, I've always wanted to do music. If I was born in 1970, I would have been tits. I would have had like I would have been taken care of. But yep. that's not the case, you know. I was born in the 80s, so uh, yeah, the 80s and 90s. I think, especially for I'd say for like us guys, especially in like music scene, because like I played a little guitar, I DJed for years and years. 
it's that drive like the nine mid nineties to two thousand was, I'd say, an insurgence of change, and it was from everything that was classic, like okay, you can do this, you can do this, and then everything just changed. It was really you grab music, do it on the wall, and boom, this big splatter. Nobody knew what the fuck they were doing in the early two thousands. Honestly, whether it was rock, pop, country, it just all got splattered. And then now we're, I feel now we're start, slowly starting to kind of go back down and say, okay, we can kind of subgenre all this. Although a lot of the genres are mixing. I mean, you see guys like, for instance, and I hate saying it because I'm not a huge fan of pop country, but like Kane Brown and Marshmallow, you're mixing country with EDM. You're mixing rock with EDM. You're mixing all these different genres that you would never have had before, not even close to thinking about. And then all of a sudden they're mixing and they're making great music. And yeah, it's just mind blowing. The last two um, Papa Roach albums mm. that had, they're heavy, but they're also like really freaking good. And Jacoby, I like his delivery with everything that he does. Yes. He puts a hundred percent. And that one song that he has, it's uh you're not the only one. And mm. it's basically like, a, it's an, it's a, like a C minor chord. It's a happier chord. And it's just like, he's like, yeah, I'm a loser. And he's like talking all this stuff. And it's like a happy song. And then like when he goes into the chorus, it goes deep into drop D and he's like a monster. So it's basically like everyone in their face, all smiling. Everyone's happy. But when you get into hair, you got your demons. Yeah. Um, And the inner levels of that stuff is amazing. And like the, the, one of the best live shows if you guys ever want to go to a live show and i know it's a lot of fucking money right now but if if you ever wanted to see a live show that makes you feel rejuvenated please go see my guys from shine down they will make you feel like you went to church yeah yeah man I, that's actually part of uh, our bucket list uh shine down stephanie that's one of her favorite bands um over the christmas area time she wanted to see uh, TSO, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yep. And I was very fortunate to be able to deliver that to her. And she was like a little kid and, and you know, she was like, oh my God, the theatrics and the storyline. It's, that's the way shows should be, you know. Um, just like I've seen Papa Roach live and they're the same way. I mean, they're the same with Slipknot. Slipknot, if I feel even if you don't like metal, Slipknot as a show is one to see just with the theatrics and the way Corey Taylor, along with the rest of the band, but Corey Taylor really brings that. He gets the the people involved. Um, Five Finger Death Punch. Again, I've seen them quite a few times. You know, Ivan Moody, even through all of his, a lot of his demons, still come out. And he brings kids up on stage. Like, it's a kid-friendly show. He drops the F-bomb and there's fire and rawr, let's go. But, like, it's that whole entertainment side of it. And I feel... With a lot of bands nowadays, they're kind of into it, grab their money and run. Where these bands who are actually passionate about the music are into the entertainment side, you know. So my my insider thing, not to cut you off. No, absolutely, um, go ahead. Um, so you brought up like those small places mm-hmm. that you were just talking about. So in Boston, we had we had the Channel, we had the mm-hmm. Rap, we had Little East downstairs, we had like. Uh, a lot of these places that like, you know, Dropkick started, the Boston's started, R.I.P. I'm still hurting about the Boston's. I don't know yep. if you guys heard, but the Boston's broke up. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're still, I'm still grieving. 
<laughs> um, and and just like a lot of the big bands like that came from Boston had to work their way up to get to these things. And what happened was they it, they, they they didn't become independent anymore. They became owned by Live Nation. Yes. So basically, Live Nation deals are like, you know, not to not 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 to like bash them or anything. It's it, they're kind of like, this is our little bubble. Mm-hmm. These who sell. This yep. is who sell. Triangle. Yeah. Yeah. Upside down. Um, yeah. It, <laughs> you know, you already know where I'm going with that. Yep. And uh, yeah. and so this is our little bubble. This is who sell tickets, and we we're gonna pump that through the radio station. We're gonna pump that through this. So those bands that you normally would not see or opening for good bands are not opening for good bands. You're just getting the same people over and over again. And that's kind of like what the feed me the shit thing, you know, Yeah. mentality. It's all about where's the money is right now. Like when that country road song came out. Yeah, I, exactly. Um, everyone became that, you know? Yeah. So I found it. The place in California is called the alley. The alley. Okay. The alley. Yep. Um, it's in North Hollywood. So, um, there's a bunch of entities that are in there. It's actually, it's pretty crazy because there's all these different rooms and and music legends that have been there. Um, like they have this one wall. It's kind of hard. Like that whole white wall is just littered with artists' names all over it, autographs. Yeah. Oh, and those, those, that's the stairs, Tony. That's awesome. I mean, that, that's the one that they, that's the one the guy fell down. Um, that's crazy. So, yeah. But it's, yeah. we did that for the, the club that I was booking at. We yeah. had them sign the whole wall. And before we shut down, I wanted to cut down the wall, but we were leasing the building. The only way was leasing it, so we couldn't do it. I wanted Stop. to cut it Son down. Son of a bitches. <laughs> and the guys from Smile Empty Soul signed it and Pop Evil. Yep. Um, Zach Myers from Shine Down because he played nice. acoustically with Brent. So it was like we had all that stuff. I wanted to cut it down. And like me and my business partner split it and frame mm-hmm. it. Because yep. uh, it was like the whole freaking room. Yeah. <laughs> but. It was all good. I mean, those, those are those people, like, those are those signatures that you see live, you know. I remember DJing and even being able to get into some free shows here or there where it's like, oh, yeah, they're coming. But, like, going to, like, the small local bars where, for instance, for instance, in the Albany area, not a lot of people realize, but the group in this moment, Maria Brink, is from our area. And her family is still from this area, like, I'm actually really good friends with quite a few of them. And it's just like one of those things where it's like she would come out to a bar just to relax and have fun. And people, as soon as they saw it was her, it was like, boom. And it's like, no, they just want a place where they could chill. So there was certain places. And of course, I'm not going to blast it out right now um, because actually under new management where they would go just to go up into the VIP, just to relax and have fun and dance and not care. But being the area where we are, they realize like you're still like we remembered them as like when they first started out so we're not going to hassle and we're just going to have fun like we all do so it's awesome to have those smaller places like that that they can go and and be comfortable and do their own thing and enjoy themselves because they're people too they just want to go out and relax you know because it's a lot of stress yeah it's a job oh absolutely yeah and it's a job that a lot of people they say they want they want that fame they want that craziness 
but until they get it they don't understand like they don't understand the hard work that goes into it even on a level like we did you know what i mean it's you know i know i remember booking out shows you know a month two months in advance and stressing every single day between ticket sales promoters is this person going to cancel on me or is my sound and light guy the same person which luckily i had one dude who did a lot of the same which saved me a lot of grief but if you didn't oh in-house dj like no i don't know there's too many factors that will go wrong i'm not gonna say could go wrong they would go wrong and it's a lot of money i mean to be wasting like and it's your money. It's your personal money. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I didn't walk a shame for a couple of shows. But the, I worked with, I worked at a one show in Florida where we did a local fest south mm. um, in West Palm Beach, Florida, International Raceway. And Maria and Chris nice. were touring with Nonpoint. Nice. And um, Mudvayne. Yep. And uh, yeah, Maria and Chris are like one of the nicest people ever. They um, really are. Yeah. They really are. Know if you guys heard that new Prince cover, I haven't. Nope. Uh, what's the song? Uh, when uh, doves cry. Oh, really? Yeah. I always liked that song too. I always thought it was a good song. Again, very underrated. The meaning behind it, people don't understand what the actual song means. Yeah. Um, great, great song though. So, if we're gonna talk about music, what's the best show you guys ever been to? <sighs> Number one, just one. Your top rated, like I, I had to be at the show. Do you got one, Zach? Because I, I have one. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. It was Ashes Tanu in this moment, Papa Roach and Five Finger Death Punch. Every one of those bands from Ashes Tanu to Five Finger, 100% like gave it their all. Like it was, you want, if you were a non rock listener and came in and saw the bands, you want to know who was the actual headline besides the order that they were in. They all delivered that level to the highest point they could. So that would probably be the best show overall, I would say. It would definitely be those four. They were phenomenal. Probably mine, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. would be ZZ Top. Mm-hmm. I've seen them three times. And four, four years ago... They were at SPAC with Kid Rock, which was a pretty, pretty good show. So I, I, I just, I love ZZ Top. Every yeah. single song that they've had, I just, I, I can't think of a bad one. Um, I think, you know, when, when I'm not down and out, but when, you know, I'm drowning, <laughs> we'll say, <Yep. laughs> you know, just, I throw on, you know, some ZZ Top or whatever, but. It's, so they're, they're amazing to see up, up, up close and personal. I've been, you know, stage front at Smack, or I've been, you know, in, in the back. But it's it's crazy. Yeah. And those those beards are actually that long. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so our friend Andy uh, says, and he's one of our uh, guests too on one of our podcasts. Uh, says band made. Uh, we listen to some other stuff. They're from Japan. Um, Chris, I don't know if you've yeah, ever seen them. Pretty good. Phenomenal group as well. So we, we're not forgetting them. And then our nope. friends from Russia are saying Vored, which I oh. don't exactly know what that means, but I'll have to yeah. check them out. Um, a good metal group. I think 
uh, me and Andy were talking about before was Alex the Terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, he's phenomenal as well. But yeah, we'll definitely check these other bands out. Um, obviously, Band Made we, we saw before, so I'll check out the Boar Red. Um, what about you, Chris? What would be your your favorite that you've seen? That, that, that you that you were in the crowd for. Yeah. I was in the crowd for. I was working. For. Not working. Right, right. Well, we have the sense of parameters. Yeah. <laughs> well, somebody asked me how many shows I've been to, and I, I, I couldn't answer that question. All of them. <laughs> like, basically, like, all of them. that's like a whole, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just one frame. Um, that's one day. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, and this is kind of morbid, but... Um, it was uh, Dropkick Murphys came off of um, tour mm-hmm. and they did a special one Boston concert at the House of Blues and it was a power hour of all their stuff like two days after the bombing. Oh wow! Yeah. And um, it was like invite only. They they, well, they 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 did like an invite only thing. My wife works at the hospital mm-hmm. and um, we got invited to go. And um, then they raised a bunch of money for the one fund and it was literally like the all the togetherness it was like everyone was like just unified yeah and after like the big tragedy like that it was it was uh something you really needed um, absolutely you know, that as i don't know if you guys heard on one of my shows uh, my brother we talked about him being at the at, at the, the bombing yep. yes um, on the finish line so between that and my wife working and seeing the aftermath I was uh, kind of stuck in the middle of trying to, you know, keep everyone happy. So it was a nice, like, release of, like, stuff's back to normal. And yeah. everyone was just singing their head off. And it was, like, all their hits for an hour. That's awesome, so, man. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to see that. kind of like, too, I mean, like, with that going on. And then, you know, I remember watching the baseball game right after 9-11. Yep. Um, when Sammy Sosa ran out on the field. Yeah, with the flag, and, you know, it's kind of like what we needed. You know, yeah. same thing. Same thing with, with the music. You know, it's it felt good. You know, you, you saw a smile on people's faces. You know, every, people were happy, and you could see it. Yeah. Um, so it, that unity. Kinda, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's I, awesome. I use, that, I use that term. Well, you need to go back to nine twelve. And a lot of people, you know, I was in high school when 9-11 happened, but Same. I felt like 9-12 was um, the most significant day ever because it was like, it felt like people were buying each other's coffees and like, like it was before the drive through like this was like a trend thing. Yes. It was just every, like everyone was helping out. Like it was like, it was like everyone had an American flag in their front yard. Yep. It was, um, everyone had pride for the country. Yep. Yeah. It didn't um, matter where you were from, what no, your background no. were. Everyone at that time was American and and yeah. unified as one. I totally agree. And I mean, obviously, you know, we're a veteran podcast, but you know, again, me and Zach did the firefighting, or we are doing the firefighting thing. Um, man, it's just one of those things that, like, I remember, you know, after that moment, after that day, like you said, nine nine twelve, it was like you realized you were humble of like what actually matters in life and i think guys our age and girls our age understand that we still understand the whole fact yes we've become a little desensitized but at the same time we understand that that could happen all again tomorrow 
and we need to keep people close to us that we really love we need to make sure we're still good like we have to take care of each other because that shit happened out of nowhere but they were playing that shit for years and years so you know guys our age and girls our age realize that and they understand that so i think that kind of hit home for a lot of us you know us being up from new york i had a bunch of friends in school who who their parents worked in the city you know a few of them lost their family or whatever but like the seriousness of what happened on that day just like the marathon too i mean i'm not taking nothing away from that that marathon was crazy um i actually worked with a guy in fulton county ems uh who actually came from the marathon quit three days after and was like i need to go back home to new york because i can't like it was too much for him and he was there for almost 30 years running boston fire and boston ems and we used to call him boston frank but i mean he literally had some real hard times after that because he was again right at the end and his whole thing was just to make sure everyone was was good you know make sure the heart rates came back down all that and you think of like a cush detail like that and then all of a sudden it turns to an mci that it's not even an mci it's total chaos it's absolute insanity and it's it's so awesome to hear that a group like that like dropkick came through and was like you know what i need to do something for my community and so on and so forth because you don't get those guys who are still humble who who will come back to it so it's so awesome to hear that that happened um but yeah i could i couldn't even imagine being a fly on the wall just hearing it and that unity that you guys had in that small bar you know that's wild yeah it was a good time it was it, like it was vibrating like it was crazy like everyone was there and it was just all the emotions and i'm sure sang. everyone was singing yeah and then they, they they debuted their song that they didn't even mean to like they wrote it in that album but it was called don't tear us apart mm. they played that that song and like everyone was just on top of their lungs it was a it was unbelievable it was a great it was a great thing it had a bunch of the boston bands on it too but yeah um which you know Boston's very fortunate to have a lot of great groups. Like we even have a, mm-hmm. a pretty no-name group that a lot of people don't know called Prospect Hill. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys you guys would dig them. That sounds um, familiar. Okay. Yeah, they're um they're they're really good on them. He uh they, they do they have a lot of fun. Um, but they're like kind of like a hard rock slash like whatever. Like Adam, I used to book them once in a while, and. Um, mm-hmm. They toured a lot with Seven Dust and Okay. Uh, uh, Nonpoint. Mm, I can't think of who else they toured with. I think they toured with Papa Roach once too. They toured with mostly everybody. That's awesome. Um. But. but That's for, wild. But I've always wanted to ask you guys because you know, like, so here's the thing. In this National Podcast Association thing. Mm-hmm. Yep been really awesome to like you know you guys reached out to us to me and, uh, <laughs> hey we got kids too man that's life we got daughters actually so <laughs> you're good man you're good we're good we're good so so we have the knock, knock bedtime, uh, right? Yeah, I know. Yep. This is the reason why I've been kind of slow on podcasting. 
No, nah, you're good, man. Hey, family's first. Number one, yeah. family is always first. But um, so I, I, I kind of blew up because of you guys. And like because of the MPA, like I got selected to the National Podcast Association, uh, parent, uh, podcast along, whatever. Yep. Um, but basically everything that like you guys, you guys have been truly amazing. So I've always wanted to say thank you, and I appreciate all you guys for, for everything oh. you've done for me. Thank you, uh, man. No, that means a lot to us. And also the, the guy uh, Brendan from Life of an Average Joe podcast too. He's a he's a great dude too. Um, you know, all you guys have been like truly like you're, you're stepping up your game. I'm trying to step up my game. Everyone's trying to step up their game, and you guys don't know killer shit. So keep it up, man. I'm look, definitely looking up to you guys. You know. Oh, thank oh, you. I, that's, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's humbling to us because like we're thinking vice versa. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, yeah. it's it, it's a brotherhood, but it is a network that's really helped all of us out, and we're able to talk to people and, and talk to the listeners of like i mean and zach you could definitely chime in on this how many people have come up to us or asked questions or you know and the people it's, we've helped overwhelming people that we helped you know it's like you get to a point you know i'm not saying we're you know famous or whatever we're not joe rogan I'm yet i'm not but joe we're know, coming not, watch out buddy coming, howard stern you ain't got nothing man <laughs> but uh you know it's weird to walk around places you know like especially around cobalt skill you know tony and and like not all the time but it's like every once in a while hey you're the one from triggered you know and like, like i've got that a couple times you know mm-hmm. and it's like wow somebody's actually listened to this shit yeah. <laughs> you <know>? yeah. <laughs> it's I don't know, it's, you know, and, and NPA has helped out a lot, you know, getting, getting hard, you know, it's not like we asked them to, you know, put our stuff out, you know, they just do it automatically, I mean, yeah. it's, and all the platforms that they put us on. Yeah, Anchor's been great with that, helping yeah. us out with that, it's like been... even Like, even Anchor, you know, like, they threw us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, and one, one thing I'm grateful for is is the dedication that you know tony has um you know because i kind of fell off for a couple weeks uh just had personal shit just had to stop for a little while but um you know i heart radio like asked tony like how long did i push oh yeah to be on i heart radio i mean it wasn't easy no but you know it was every day email email i felt like an asshole you know just annoying the shit out of them hey can i can we be on you know iheart yeah iheart hey can we do this can we do that you know and and we were actually in the middle of a podcast when i got the email from iheart radio saying hey you are now on iheart radio that's right yeah we were weren't we as a podcast so i mean it's it's not only you know thanks to you Thanks to other people, uh, Raul. Yeah. Um, big shout, yeah. Big shout, out Charlie, Mike. Charlie, Mike. You know, it's we're a family, and, and I felt that the first time that you know we reached out to you, you mm-hmm. reached out to us. You know, it was it's like I've known you forever. Just yeah. the way we talk, you know. Yeah. There's, Front there's no hesitation. <laughs> we cut each other off. You know, it, it's. Yeah. 
fun and, and I'm enjoying the whole ride. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. So Chris, let me ask you about this. Cause I remember it because I watch a shitload of music and listen to a shitload of music while I'm doing work. And I was listening one day and I love my Irish punk folk. I love it. It's just like, I don't know why it just resonates with me. I'm like, fucking a like i just want to tear shit up i'm listening to it so there's a group i listen to oh bullshit alpha all right so this group and i have pull them up and one of my favorite songs already by them which they have a tons of tons and tons of songs but my favorite song by them hands down is barrels of whiskey by the o'reilly's and the patty hats have you heard them so, to me, they remind me of um, the Blues Travelers mixed with Dropkick, mixed with like another Irish like punk band. They're super so great. Kind of like the, so kind of like the Pogues. Kind of, yeah. It's like it's weird, but when I heard them, I was like, okay, I think I can, I think I can dig this. But I'm not sure yet. But I listened and saw the whole video, listened to the whole song, and a lot of times I like to listen to the song before I see the video. So I can mm-hmm. focus on the words and the music side of it. And then the video was exactly the way the song was. Which I can appreciate because a lot of times it's not like that. I'll send you the video afterwards. But yeah. it's I love listening to music, especially like the old folks stuff like that, that speaks of our ancestors. So without going down this rabbit hole, because I know we don't have a whole lot of time left. We got about 14 minutes left. Um, you know, everyone says, you know, this race was deprived, this race was deprived, this nationality was deprived historically. And I'm just speaking on statistics and, and true facts, the Irish, the Irish were the most deprived from their own country to here. And they had to make whiskey and moonshine and all this stuff up to make their ends meet. Just like, you know, me coming Italian Irish. You know, we were bricklayers, truck drivers, and drinkers, the Irish, you know, and, but that's how we made the money. And listening to this one song and listening to a few of their different other songs was like just bringing that history back out and the true history of the Irish heritage, more or less. And, oh, they came over here and leprechauns and unicorns and everything's great. It was how they did it in Ireland and then came over here as well. And it was just so I like listening to songs like that that have the true history. Like Zach said, I listen to a lot of Nordic music. Um, one, because of my faith, but two, because I also have historical ties way back then. Um, and it's just, it's so much more fulfilling. I'd rather listen to a song that said, hey, your family probably was doing this, and that's why you act like this. You know what I mean? I love raising my chickens. I love living off the land and stuff like that. I prefer water. And electric but hey sometimes but it's like that historic history is so much more powerful than like you say you know that resignation between what's going on at that point in your life where now a lot of songs are like oh i have mil- and maybe this is just modern day certain genres you know i had millions of dollars i'm doing this i have a brand new bentley i have this and that i can't resonate with that because i don't have that and i don't want that I want something, for instance, uh, New Breed is is a artist who, you know, he has a famous song now, uh, Welcome to My House. 
and some of those lyrics are like, you come to my house, you want to break in, you're going home in a body bag. Like, and my girl's not going to say shit. She's going to be mopping up the bloodstains. Like, it's that basic rights type shit. But like, it's, it's that kind of music that I can resonate more or less than the modern pop stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Like, what are your thoughts of like the more modern stuff compared to like kind of what we grew up with and what do you resonate with the best? Uh, um, I know they're not easy questions tonight, man. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> so, so the younger me that did not mm-hmm. give a shit about who I pissed off when I was doing because I was, I was very fortunate enough. Like you know, I, I I always try to stay humble, but you know, when you're 23 years old and you're doing some, you're doing big things. You're the back. You're you sometimes have a chip. Yeah. So, so when I was when I started in like. 2006, 2007, like with bigger bands and stuff like that, I started getting like my name around in that part of it. I used to say in the early 2000s, all you needed was a good bass line and a dance, and you would make it somewhere because that was the time for Soldier Boy yep. and, and stuff like that. So I used to, I made like the song called The Huckle Shuffle. I was like, The Huckle Shuffle, The Huckle Shuffle, you know. And I'm like, There you go, give me a record deal. And that's basically like how it feels now again like we were talking it feels like cookie cutter um it's a method that's working with tiktok like tiktok Mm -hmm. that's how they marketing to these kids like i went to like my wife loves there's this uh young rapper called hobo johnson um he he talks with everything like kind of like poetry he raps like poetry it's really good like he's really really good but the guy that was opening for him was Oliver Tree who has that song we live on and on and on and on and on yes yeah okay so he like we were in the we were in the foundation room for this for the we the whole foundation room for ourselves at the house of blues in Boston yeah. my wife and I it was a date night whatever and um we were having dinner and his manager comes up and he goes oh he has like 75,000 um, 70, uh, 3 million followers and all this other stuff and 75 million views so he deserves to be here like <laughs> back then it was like you had to have like actual physical sales yes yeah. yes and and the difference between that too you also had to make a whole album mm-hmm. all you need right now is a song yep um you know like yeah actually you make a good album and then like the trend started happening like oh you buy a cd for 16 bucks we have one good single you know, no bands give out multiple singles anymore. So, yeah, I feel like it changed a lot, and people don't talk or react or feel the way they are feeling now they used to. Yeah, um, I remember picking up mixtapes. So when I was younger, you know, I hung out a lot in Schenectady and and down there in New York, and it was like mixtapes left and right. You know, everyone with a tape recorder could sell a mixtape, yeah. and a lot of these guys had talent, but like you said, it wasn't it wasn't just one album or two albums. Like you had to have like a full package where now you can get like I'll use this as an example. And I didn't even know it's about this till a couple weeks ago when the wife showed me these island boy dudes from Miami. Like, that's trash. To me, that's trash. Like, what what are they actually doing? But they're worth millions. It's in the song. They're island boys. <laughs> I saw like, the uh, the uh, Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart thing when they uh, 
they started talking about the Island Boys and that they're gangster all the time. <laughs> right? Like, but that's the thing, like, it's catching, it's catching their, their eyes. The leaders of their industry, it's catching their eyes. Like, I, I don't know how that even happens. It's crazy. Because what they do is, like, they sell their rights through music. So, like, think about, like, and they, and they own everything. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like what it is. So they're like, oh, we can, like, flip this real fast. Kind of like, I feel like the music, music industry right now, and hopefully people in my Facebook feed don't watch this far ahead. <laughs> people are, uh, it's like flipping a house right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I we agree. can get you. Boom. All right, good. Like, can you name one artist right now that, like, probably four years ago, that it has the same exact sound that it that, that he did before? Yeah. Or like, or even if he did transition or did something different, is it as good? You know, like. Right. Even Machine Gun Kelly, what, what happened to him? Like, he was good. And now he's like trying to be punk rock. Yeah. It was it was good. He did that he did that disc against Eminem. Yeah. And then and then he went he went pop. Yep. Yeah. That's you and, know, and because he had all that he had all that money, so they're like, okay, boom, and then, and then like it sucks too because he's a good actor too. So that, yeah. that right. movie, he like yep. he's Tommy Lee. Like yeah. he plays him perfectly. To yeah. a T. Yeah. Like literally I think he's a better actor than he is an artist. He should pursue yeah. acting and not even under machine machine gun Kelly, but under his real name, because I think he'll be a better actor long term than he would an artist. Because, like you said, Zach, as soon as you start going after Eminem, like I understand they do these things like that and start beefs because that's going to get them like out there. For instance, ICP and Slipknot. That was a huge feud for a long time, yeah. and they both knew if we keep fueling this fire, it's going to bring more viewers, more viewers. And more, you know, popularity. But I was Biggie and Tupac. And look how that turned out. And, and that was and I liked them both. Yeah. I yeah. thought Tupac and Biggie were both ahead of their, their time. If they were here yeah. now, they would be saying similar things but different. They would be talking more about get educated, get, you know, take care of yourselves inside and out. Like and those guys were next level as well. Just like that's why you don't hear a lot about in the hip hop game, Nas anymore, you know, you know, Lil Nas X from Old Town Road, but Nas, he stepped back because he said, I'm not, the game's not ready for me. I'm too ahead of it. And without being arrogant, like Kanye is, he said, I'm not going to produce any more music right now because it'll be a waste of my breath. Pray for Kanye though, because you know, that car seems just chewing him up. Oh, absolutely. And again, that's that, that's that triangle. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, it's one big world with that. Yeah, that's that's what that's tough right now, mm-hmm. and that's what's tough for a lot of these bands. Like, um, you know, I, I personally know Sean from Smile Empty Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I've booked them. This every one of his albums have been tremendous, and he drives mm-hmm. in a in a little van on these tours, headlining these tours with like three guys, a three piece band. Yep. They don't do a bus and they literally tour for 350 days a year. Yeah. And every album of his, I don't know, look up not just bottom of the bottle. Look mm-hmm. up like every album and actually listen to every album of my Lucky Soul. Every song is a freaking banger. And it will like mm-hmm. but he never gets the recognition. They only get that one song. And he gets like so pissed playing that song at the end of the thing because right. he has too many tremendous songs. 
Um, so that's the shitty part about it. Like, or um, Sponge, like Sponge mm. is good, and but they're not only known for Plowed. Um, exactly, the one hit wonder type. Yeah, and um, they're doing the same thing. You're you're paying for, you know, in in the music world, short money. Right. You know, a few thousand dollars to do this thing just to get to the next one and you're collecting and selling marriage and stuff like that and it's I think Nonpoints is now independent they're the first ones to go independent um, Mm -hmm. which is awesome because you know they don't have to worry about anybody else right now Yeah, they re-released a bunch of their old albums under their new label smart smart go public with it one of my favorite bands um, that kind of did their own thing and even though they're still very minimal in the sense of the scene and everything is bridge city sinners um if you ever heard of them they're more of a punk uh punk folk music and their whole thing is you know we're going to produce this music but people who are coming up in the folk and the punk folk area and the scene we're yes of course they're going to charge them because that's just business smart but they're not going to kill them like these bigger labels are and they started their own uh, label Bridge City Sinners because they want that opportunity for others to tell their stories and yeah. just seeing it's very humbling seeing it and they have good music too but it's like you see these huge huge names you know Sony and you know Live Nation and all these huge bands or not bands but companies taking these bands under which is smart for them but to them it's just music it's not about or it's the money it's not about the music and we've kind of slid away from that. I'd rather listen to a bunch of no-name bands with good music yep. than, like, no doubt when they first came out. You know, when Gwen Stefani was 15 years old, still in high school. You know. What's that What's that song? Um, when they're running around crazy on the roof. Oh, um. It's on their first album there. Yeah, you know what I'm off Tragic like, Kingdom. Yeah, that's all that goes in my head right now. But it was just like one of those fun, <laughs> fun bands that, unfortunately, they—I I hate using the word sellout because unfortunately they're all about the money. Most of the bands are about the money, but they had to sell themselves, their true selves, to get to that level. Yeah. Where, like you said, you got Smile Empty Soul. Even Three Eleven, they still play bands. Uh, was a real big fish, Old Sublime. They still play, and they're not out there trying to get super, super rich. They want to get paid, of course. But you have all these bands who are still amazing out there, and, you know, they don't get the recognition they deserve. And it's sad, but we're not like they should. All right, we got about 10 seconds left. Uh, Chris, where can we find you, man? Uh, Frontstairstalks.com. All right. Too easy. Too easy. All right, guys. Here we go. Like we always say, one, two, three. Stay triggered. Stay triggered. Thank you, guys.